Welcome to Feed Your Health, a weekly podcast with your host, Morgan Shepard, where we'll be taking a deep dive into the big dial movers of health, focusing on movement, nutrition, and stress management. You'll get tangible takeaways, tactical knowledge, and exclusive stories to inspire and empower you on your transformational health journey. Let's get thriving. Today's podcast, I want to talk about the all or nothing mindset, having an all or nothing mindset. And this has been coming up a lot with me personally and also with clients. I'm very much one of those people that I love to plan my life and I make lists and I have this very, it's almost a fixed mindset. You know, nothing is going to happen. Nothing is going to get done unless I plan for it, which to some extent is, is true and is also great. But it puts me in a position where I have trouble getting things done because I don't have enough time. Like I look at a project or a task and I'm like, this is probably going to take, you know, six hours. I need to have six hours right now to do it all. When in reality, if I just did a little at a time, whatever time I had available, say I had 20 minutes here and 20 minutes there, and I put them all together, I could build off of that. Aristotle says that the whole is greater than the sum of its parts. And it's this idea that a group of interacting things is better when used together than it is separated into its individual components. It's hard. It's hard to think like that because having an all or nothing mindset sort of prevents myself from moving forward. I get stuck in this pattern of I need to have a big chunk of time in order to accomplish anything. We'll break it down into weight loss. If I were to work out every day and commit to like two hours a day, I would burn out. I would get exhausted. If I committed to 10 minutes a day, I would be more likely to keep following through, to keep doing that every day. To commit to two hours a day every day is ridiculous. Nobody has time for that. Almost committing to 10 minutes a day can be super challenging. But if you commit to the idea of not being perfect, like we get so wrapped up in perfectionism and needing everything to be perfect. There's no such thing as perfection. You can't be perfect. Stop expecting perfection. You're not going to succeed you know, we get so focused on trying to do all of the things, eat healthy, work out, get adequate sleep, and building on all of those things. We want all of them to be perfect. If we mess up with one of the things, if we have a slip up, if we have a failure, if we do any of that, we just, we fall off the wagon and we start over. And it becomes this whole idea of fixed mindset. If we can't perform perfectly, then we can't do it at all. And that's just backwards. Nothing is perfect. You can't expect that from yourself. The very nature of the process of trying to succeed at anything requires that you fail. Now, I think if we just talked about it in a different way and stop referring to it as failures or slip-ups or mistakes, that might help get us out of this mindset of all or nothing. It's hard because the world is not designed that way, you know. Diet culture is not designed that way. They talk about cheat meals. Cheat meals is just an idea or a way of saying that you're not supposed to be eating these things, but that it's okay. So I was talking with a client today about being stuck in the all or nothing mindset and how it creates this feeling of anxiousness and stress and urgency that we aren't performing to the level that we need to be performing because it's not perfect, because we're not seeing results right away. 
That's just not how it works. Like, look at it like you wanted to be a swimmer in the Olympics. You're not just gonna magically be able to swim all the distances, you know? You're not just gonna have all the skill available to you right away. You have to show up, and you have to show up daily, and you have to keep being consistent even if you have a bad day. You know, if you think about all of the countless hours that the swimmer puts in to get to the level where they can be an Olympic athlete, you're not counting the number of hours that they missed. You're counting the number of hours that they showed up. The effort is reflected in their success. So if you show up with effort, then you'll be able to see it in how much you get results. All this to say that you can't succeed without effort. For sure, for sure, there's magic people that have things handed to them and, you know, whatever, but that's few and far between. And I think one of the things that sort of makes life challenging is that we get so wrapped up in trying to be perfect all the time and needing to show up every day and do all of the things that we forget to enjoy the process. We forget to enjoy the little moments of living. I spoke about this with a client today. I went hiking with my dog and he was so absorbed in the moment. You know, he was smelling the flowers, he was looking at the bugs, he was perking his ears up, looking at the birds, and just being very fully present in that moment, in the experience of walking through the trees and the woods and and all that. And we forget to do that with our lives, with our journeys, with our processes, because we're so wrapped up in results and needing success. If we're trying to step away from an all-or-nothing mindset, finding joy in all of the little tiny successes and wins, and building on all of that, like, all of those things coming together is what creates this idea of health. I mean, it goes back to what Aristotle says. It's the concept of holism, you know, holistic, holism, all of that. The idea that all of these come together to create this greater being, this greater life. It's not not the workout and the healthy eating and the drinking water and the sleeping and the systems and the routines. It's everything coming together with all the nuances and all the layers of your life mixed together. Who you are as a person, how your social interactions affect you, your support systems, your job, you know, where you live, everything that comes together to make you you. So it can never be all or nothing. This plays into the idea that if you have small goals, and you use those small goals to build off of each other and to sort of layer on top of each other, then you can achieve these extreme wins. But you can't get to the big wins without the small ones. Now, maybe you're not one of those people who feels like you have to be perfect all the time. And maybe you're not one of those people that has an all or nothing mindset. Kudos to you, because honestly, for me, that's tough. I get stuck in these little cycles of feeling like everything has to be perfect, and then I don't do anything because I can't level up to my own expectations. I bring that into everything. That's not just, you know, in my health and fitness. That also is in, like, relationships and my connections with other people and how I clean my house. You know, there's a, a layer of dust everywhere, and I clean it up, and then I see something else that needs to be cleaned. To me, the idea of cleaning one area of the house, it doesn't make sense to me because I'm like, but I need all of it to be clean. How, why would I only focus on one area? If I just sweep today, what about the rest of it? Which, you know, that's where the all or nothing mindset comes in, and I'm like, well, if I just did a little bit every day, then at the end of the week, things would be cleaner. Whereas if I wait until I have six hours to clean something, I'm going to burn out 
and I'm going to spend all day cleaning and I'm still not going to be done. So breaking it down into like the individual steps of like sweep, dust, laundry, I don't know, whatever else it is that you do when you clean your house. It's an interesting idea because to me, I just get overwhelmed. And I could see how if you had the same kind of mindset in the way that you thought about weight loss and you were just like, well, if I can't do it right, if I eat poorly this weekend, then everything is shot. Why even bother? It's very sad to have so much pressure on yourself that you feel that you have to act in a certain way and you have to be leveled up. We can't hold ourselves to such high standards and expect us to be able to show up. I have several long-distance friends, and I don't really talk to them that often. And it's it's sad, and, and you know, I miss them dearly. But I also know that life is happening, and if I spend all my time thinking about how much we don't talk, I would be really, really lonely and missing them all the time. I would feel like our friendship was really not very strong. But if I look at it from the perspective of the few times that we do talk and we do connect, it's magical and, you know, we have these great moments together and it's wonderful. If I had an all or nothing mindset in that instance, I would feel like I had no friends. You can't expect perfection. You can't hold yourself to such a high level because you'll just be disappointed. I actually had a lot of experience with this all-or-nothing mindset. I love to bring up Ironman training because it's a very long process. You know, a lot of people say that you need like a year to train for an Ironman, mostly because you need to build up the endurance in your body of just training at that high of volume. The first time that I trained for an Ironman, I took a year to train for it and I slowly built up to doing those distances because I had never gone that far in my life. If you don't know, an Ironman is a 2.4 mile swim, a 112 mile bike ride, and a 26.2 mile run. All in the same day, and you have 17 hours to complete it, with each sport having a different cutoff time that you have to pass before you can go to the next sport, obviously. It's a very long process, and it is a very long journey to be able to get from zero, no experience, to completing an Ironman. It takes a toll on your brain because you're forcing yourself to look at this big goal and be like, how am I ever going to get there? How am I ever going to be able to do this thing that is going to take me literally 16 hours of moving my body? And you just get overwhelmed and you're like, well, I, I don't even know how to think about that. Honestly, when I broke it down, it was... How do I run? How do I ride a bike? How do I swim? And then slowly building up the distances in each of those sports. You can't look at it from an all or nothing mindset because if you do, you'll never get there. You'll just be like, oh, I missed a workout. Well, fuck it. That's the end. We're not going to do it. You can't look at it like that because you have an entire year to train. Every single workout that you do adds to what you're doing, but the ones that you miss... I mean, and that's why that's why we talk about consistency, because if you are missing more than you're doing, then obviously it's not going to reflect in your results. You're not going to be successful and, you know, your lack of effort is going to show up in the results that you get. So if you're eating healthy all week and then going crazy on the weekends, that doesn't really work. 
That's why I talk about moderation a lot, because if you are eating moderately throughout the week, rather than trying to be perfect all week, you're less likely to feel like you need to go indulge and go crazy at the far end of the week. If I had my sweet treat after dinner that was small and somewhat healthy throughout the week, I'm less likely to feel like I need to get dessert when I go out to dinner on the weekend. You don't have to just keep the fun stuff on the weekend. That's a very all-or-nothing mindset. And the idea that you're going to restrict yourself all week and then have some fun stuff on the weekend is just perpetuating those extremes. All-or-nothing mindset is very similar to the restriction binge cycle that people get trapped in when they're part of diet culture. So with my feed method, we don't focus on eliminating things from your diet. We focus on adding in more nutritious foods, more protein, more veggies, better carbs versus I don't like to say don't eat carbs because carbs are great. You need carbs to have energy. You need them for fuel. But there are higher quality carbs than your generic store-bought pastas or like white bread. Choosing healthier carbs. Little tangent there. So all of that comes down to this idea that you can't be perfect. You can't have an all-or-nothing mindset because then you'll never succeed. You only have today. And that goes back to like being fully present, being in the moment, enjoying the little things and the little experiences and all of those things coming together to be this whole, whole you, whole life, whole process, whole journey. You can't separate it into a plan. And that's why, you know, one-on-one coaching is just so much more beneficial than if you were to like pay for a plan. We get to dive into the little nuances of like obstacles that you come up against and figure out how to handle those. Or, you know, when you feel like you've failed, I can help you see actually how you've been doing great. You've been winning. You, you know, you might feel like you haven't committed to the three workouts a week that you need to be doing. But if you're moving more and if you're trying to put in these things and, you know, life's obstacles get in the way, that's not necessarily you not putting in the effort. As long as you're showing up and you're putting in the effort, even if you're not quite seeing the results that you want, it's a journey. It's a process. It's a, you know, you have to just keep going. I hate that. So cliche. So like not tangible. Being able to celebrate each individual win is just so much more helpful than having a long year of training to culminate in one race and then having it. I mean, I'm comparing this to my last Ironman, which was Ironman Louisville in Kentucky. And it was a dreadful day. It was raining. It was cold. It was windy. And I had spent the last six months intensely training for this race. I was top bike form. I had nailed down the run. I mean, granted, my running is not the greatest, but it was the best that I could make it for what I had put in. I had been swimming regularly. I felt like my swim was on point. And then the day showed up and I can't control the weather, so I had to just go with what I got. We waited in line for two hours before they told us that the swim was going to be shortened. And then it was shortened to, I don't even know what distance it was, but it was because the current in the river was so strong that it was just pushing people past the exit. Basically, you jumped off of a little dock into the river You spent pretty much the entire time trying to get out into the water and then trying to get back out of the water because the current was so fast that you got in and then you had to get out. (laughs) 
And, you know, I'm standing in the rain for two hours before I even get in the water, which means I'm probably already hypothermic before I even jump in. And then I get on the bike and I can't feel my fingers. I can't feel my toes. I'm I had bought these gloves the day before because I knew it was going to rain, thinking, oh my god, I need like full finger gloves to have on the bike, only to realize that if I can't feel my fingers in the gloves, then they're not going to work. So like the gloves were a bad idea because I never wear finger gloves anyways, but having this extra piece of fabric in the way just made it even more challenging for me to open things so I couldn't actually open any of my nutrition. And I know that one of the biggest parts of racing is your nutrition, and if you're not on top of hydration and you're not on top of nutrition and feeding yourself, you're not going to be able to perform at the level that you need to be performing at. I wasn't really able to eat or drink very much on the bike, but I forced myself as much as I possibly could. The road was treacherous. It was, there was water everywhere, but also it had a lot of potholes and it was a very rolling course, which meant, as you could probably guess, that at the bottom of every hill was a giant puddle, which I had no idea if it was a giant hole or if it was like nice cement. So I couldn't ride at the ability that I wanted to ride at. Like I couldn't ride at the speed that I wanted to because I didn't trust the course and I didn't know where any of the potholes were. So I was just, I had this giant fear of getting a flat because if I got a flat in the middle of the rain, then having to change a tire, that would be just, oh my God. Not to mention the fact that the wind was super strong, kept trying to blow me over. So every time I went down a hill, I felt like I was going to die. It was a very long bike ride. I was 12 miles in and I already wanted to quit. (laughs) But I didn't. I kept going. It was actually funny because I had met a, I had met someone in line waiting at the start of the race and they were a wonderful human and their wetsuit broke and I had to help them, you know, zip it up and get into their wetsuit and try and fix it. We bonded in a way because we're all standing out here in the rain for two hours waiting for this race to start. And then when I was at my lowest on the bike, they actually, you know, rode past me and asked how I was and were like, they recognized me and it was like, oh my God, thank you. I'm so glad that you were there because if you hadn't been there, I might have quit, <laughs> honestly. So that was great. I kept going. And then, of course, I should mention, too, that I had my period this entire race. So not only was I dealing with having to race, but I had my period. And I didn't wear a cup or a a disc at that point. I was still wearing tampons. And, of course, if you're in the rain, tampons are absorbing whatever water you're in. You know, you have to change it after the swim, and then you get on the bike, and that whole process, tampons coming out of all your pockets, whatever beautiful. So towards the end of the bike, I had to pee and I had to change my tampon. You know, when you have to pee, you're trying to ride your bike. Well, maybe you don't know, maybe you don't ride your bike, but if you have to pee and you're riding your bike, A, not only does having to pee make you colder, there's so much pressure on your bladder and you're just so uncomfortable. So I knew that there was only what, like a couple miles left. So I pulled over a mile shy of transition, dealt with that. And then I kept going. I was basically hypothermic, freezing, shaking, shivering, couldn't open my food. And I had to pee and I had my period. And then we made it to the run. I should mention that transition was built on a pile of sand. I don't know whose idea that was. It was dumb because there was sand everywhere, on my feet, in my shoes, in my socks. Trying to change your socks when you're cold, that is a challenge. And yes, I could not wear socks, but honestly, then I would definitely have lost some toes. It was so cold out. Anyways, yeah, so we made it to the run, which for me, the run is always sort of a jog. 
a slog. The Iron Man Shuffle. I don't go very fast. I do try and run most of it, but I I will walk every aid station. And there are aid stations, I think, every mile. And at that point, I knew that I could finish. It was just a matter of just keep going. It always is kind of like that. I love the swim. It's like a washing machine. You kind of are fighting with all these people. It's like a battle. The bike is stressful only because you are not in control of if you get a flat or if something happens. So you have this object that if it breaks, you are fucked. <laughs> I mean, I know there is an aid car driving around that will help you if you need it, and also you should be self-sufficient and able to change your own tires. Lots of times you feel like if you have a bike issue, it's going to be the end of your race. That's not entirely true. You have to plan and prepare for that. That's something that with weight loss, with your health journey, looking at your obstacles and being like, okay, so I know that this will happen at some point. Like, for example, I'm going to wake up. It's going to be cold. It's going to be winter. I'm not going to want to work out. Or I might even be sick. I might be going to a birthday party and someone's going to have cake and I'm going to want the cake. How do I plan for that? How do I prepare? Planning for those obstacles. So basically, that's what I mean. With Ironman training, with triathlon, I have taken the time to sort of educate myself on how to change a flat tire. I'm not a bike mechanic by any means. I If my chain breaks, I don't know what to do. I mean, I have an idea and I have the tools. I don't usually carry them when I race, but like, I am pretty knowledgeable about some things. I can change a flat and I have practiced and I have, I've done that thing where like you sit down and you take a couple hours one day and you just practice changing your flat and you do it like over and over and over and over again until you feel confident that, hey, if this happens, I'm okay. I can do it. I know how to do it. And I've done that. I've sat down and I've done that. I've done that for my front tire. I've done that for my back tire. And yes, that means having to take the tire out and dealing with all that chain stuff and like getting grease everywhere. But I've done it and I've timed it and I know that if it happens in a race, I can do it. Does it still cause me anxiety and stress? Absolutely. But like with anything, if you learn how to do it and then you practice it and you practice it, then when the time comes to utilize those skills, you have them. So all that. Get on the run. This whole time I've just been thinking about how I have family here. They've flown all the way out here to see me. I paid for this race. I trained for this race. I put money into this race. I can't quit. Quitting is just not an option. I rationalized it this way. I'm not hurt. I'm not going to die. If I keep going at this point, I'm not injured. I may be slightly hypothermic, but I'm not at the point where I feel like my body is actually in danger. Like I'm not going to get sick or hurt if I keep going. So I have no valid reason to stop other than this fucking sucks. So I kept going. I saw the lady again on the run. So that was awesome because it was just like, oh my God, we made it this far. We've got this in the bag. Like the run is hard as fuck, but also once you're on it, you control it. Yeah, your body might cramp. You might have some issues, but you could always just walk. You can walk a marathon. Might take you nine hours, but you can walk a marathon. I've done it. And I made it to the end and it was probably one of the hardest races I have ever done. And now I can look back at it and be like, yeah, that was fucking hard. Any other race I do, after this is going to be easier than that. But the thing is, like, because it wasn't the race that I wanted it to be, I felt defeated. It wasn't a perfect day. I didn't have the opportunity to exhibit my skills that I had been 
training so hard for, it literally just turned into survival rather than performance. And I think, you know, one of the things was that I was stuck in this all or nothing mindset of like, well, it has to be a perfect day for me to show my skills. It's not a true test of what I can do if I'm fighting the elements, which that's such a backwards way of looking at it, because technically it is. The fact that I kept going against all these odds, that in itself is a win. Just because I don't have a PR, a PR is like a personal record, just because I don't have a PR and like I haven't beaten my previous times in the sports, doesn't mean that I didn't win that day. But also, if you look at it with an all or nothing mindset, then you're not going to see all of the things that went into that day. Every time that I showed up in training, every time that I committed to doing the workouts on the days that I didn't feel like it, every time that I ate healthy to help support my habit, you don't see any of that. None of that is shows up. None of that is visible in the results that I got that day. So if you break it down into all or nothing mindset, you're never going to be able to see the successes. But if you look at it from the perspective of everything that I've done, everything in my life comes together to create a whole journey, like you're not going to tear out the pages of a book and just read the last chapter. You want all of it. You want the whole thing because that that is the masterpiece, not the last chapter. You don't look at a book and just read that. Really try and step away from having an all or nothing mindset because it just, it leaves you so stuck in perfectionism and so stuck in trying to achieve these expectations and results that are just not, not possible. Be like my dog, savor those moments, find the awe in the little things and create these habits that build off of each other because that is the journey. That is the process. Losing the 130 pounds that you want to lose. Sure, that's going to be great when you get there, but you have to find joy in losing every single pound that you lose. Every success, every win, every day that you feel good, that you get up, that you go live your life. That is the thing. Not, did I work out today? But did I find joy in my workout today? Was it wonderful? Did I have fun? I mean, I talk about this entire race as being like this traumatic event. But during the process, finding those people that I connected with, that brought me joy. Moving my body, that brought me joy. Pretending that I was, I like to think of it like I'm in a fantasy novel and I'm like fighting the wilderness and, you know, going on an adventure in the woods and like swimming through the water and then riding my horse, bike, <laughs> across the mountains and that kind of thing. And like, I look at it like this is my adventure journey. I try not to look at it like the number at the end of the race is what's important because it's not. It's about the process of how I got there. That's what defines me, not a number, not the results, not your scale victory. Here I've told you this whole story and you're like, what does this have to do with me? Well, it's about showing up for yourself every day in a way that brings you joy because the little moments of life are what is important. If you're not happy in the changes that you're making or if you're not happy in the process, then you will have difficulty keeping going. And I think that making sure that you're finding joy in 
in it, you know, enjoy what you're eating. This is why I don't want you on a diet and eliminating things. I want you eating foods you love and I want you finding flavor and nourishment and bringing that all together so that your palate is excited by what you're eating, not eating some bland piece of chicken and rice and broccoli. I mean, granted, I love all those things. Well, minus the chicken. I love all those things together, but throw some fucking teriyaki sauce on it or something. Ultimately, you're not going to lose your hundred pounds all in one go. It's going to happen in stages. It's going to happen over time. And you have to accept that there's just not a quicker way. You can't do it all or nothing style. You got to do it one moment at a time. Before I go, I want to leave you with the thought of what is one thing you can do today to feed your health? Now go do it. And that wraps up this episode. If I provided value to you in any way, please share this episode with your friends. Like and subscribe. Can you even do that? And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at morgan.e.shepherd. Tag me. (laughs) 